0: The message you're about to listen to is a recording from God's favorite house. It is our prayer that you listen, your life will be transformed, and you will be taken to greater heights in your walk with Jesus. Amen. God bless you as you listen to this message. At the door. Praise the Lord. Amen. So today, by the grace of God, we are going to land our series. Of gold and silver. Today is actually part three of gold and silver. So, as a recap, we talked about the fact that the um, basis for the wealth of the physical Jew and the spiritual Jew, which is the church, is, is the same. The basis for the wealth for the physical Jew and the spiritual Jew is the Abrahamic covenant. The Jews throughout history have been disproportionately successful, more successful than any other group on earth. You know, and the reason is the Abrahamic covenant. And we explained that from the time of Adam From the time of Adam, this is the Adamic line, if you will. Adam fell. We know the story. God chose a man, Abraham. He started a walk with him. And he said in Genesis 12, from verse 1, that in you shall all the families of the earth be blessed. In you, Abraham, shall all the families of the earth be blessed. So the the heart of God is to start a new line with Abraham that will extend his blessing to every part of the world, every family in the world. So he started a nation through Abraham and the nation of Israel. But at a point in the history of, of, of the Israelites, they said to Moses, you go and meet God and tell us what he says. So, the Mosaic Covenant came into being, and that's the orange line that branches out. Now, when Jesus came, he put an end to the Old Covenant, to the Old Covenant. So, so when the Bible talks about the Old Covenant, the Bible is actually talking about the Mosaic Covenant that was terminated when Jesus came. Now, so the Abrahamic covenant continues through the cross. Now, for those of us that are non-Jews, non-physical Jews, that are referred to as Gentiles, if you will, we have access through the cross of Christ, the cross of Christ, to the lineage of, of Abraham. And all this is a recap. And in Galatians chapter 3, Galatians 3 from verse 13 to 14, Galatians 3, 13 to 14, the word of God says, but Christ has rescued us from the curse pronounced by the law when he was hung on the cross. He took upon himself the curse of our wrongdoing. For it is written in the Scriptures, cursed is everyone who is on, on the tree. Now, now, listen to this. Verse 14 says, Through Christ Jesus, God has blessed the Gentiles, those that are purely on the Adamic line, with the same blessings, the same blessings he promised Abraham. The same means the same. The same blessings... He promised Abraham. So everything in the Abrahamic covenant belongs to you as a child of God through Christ Jesus. And that, that is beautiful. We established that in part one and two. And so we, we saw um, that this blessing entails, like we saw last, um, in part two, not last week, land, seed, And the blessing. And this, the blessing. This covenant entails land, seed, and the blessing. And this blessing has both the spiritual side and the physical side. The spiritual side is the promise of the Holy Spirit. And Abraham, obviously, was the first person in the Scriptures called a prophet. So Abraham was deeply spiritual. He was manifesting in the gifts of the Holy Spirit, if you will. And the physical side is the blessing of Gold and silver. Gold and silver. And you are the seed of Abraham. You are the seed of Abraham. So the seed of Abraham is in you and I. Regardless of who your father, physical father is. When you come to Christ, you have access. And knowledge is what separates people. You have access to all that God has promised Abraham. Praise the name of the Lord. 1 John 5, 4 says to us that for everyone that has the seed of God, everyone that is born of God overcomes the world. The interaction between the seed of God and the world is that of dominance. The seed of God always dominates, overcomes, overpowers the world and the seed of God is in you. The seed of greatness of Abraham is in you. So, we also saw we are doing a recap. We also saw um, um, the last in part two that it's one thing for the seed to be in you, it's another thing for that nature to be nurtured into manifestation. It's one thing to have. The genetic predisposition of wealth, of land, of seed, and of the blessing, which includes gold and silver. It's another thing for you to actually possess land, have seed, and experience the blessing, the Holy Ghost, and gold and silver. Usually, Christians manifest different parts of the covenant. But God hasn't told us to manifest different parts of the covenant. God wants you to manifest the full covenant. And, and, and that is the beauty of it. And, and we saw that the intersection of nature and nurture, this is where the action is. This is where the magic happens, if you will. This is, this is where, you are, where you are able to nurture what is in you it's like you are able to water the seed, and the seed is a, it becomes a tree that is fruitful. Praise the name of the Lord. So we see that the seed of God is in you. The nature of God is in you. The seed. You are the seed of Abraham. So the covenant of wealth that God promised Abraham is for you. It's for you. So bringing it into reality is where we um, miss the connection. The connection between what we are capable of doing and what we actually do. Some people have the genes of being a genius, but sometimes they are not nurtured into their full potential. I pray in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth that you will achieve your full potential in Christ for your life and destiny. In the name of Jesus, say amen. Now, (laughs) if we look at the nurture parts. So we started by saying, so there are a couple of things we need to nurture for us to achieve all that God has for us. There are certain things we have to nurture for the fullness of the covenant to manifest. And we saw from the last time that we have to be nurtured to work. We have to be nurtured to work. We explained that. If you missed it, get the teaching online. Also, I mean, even if you were here, please get the teaching online to help you. We also saw that we are nurtured to connect. Or you should be nurtured to connect. The people you know, and the people that know you, and the people that like you, and the people that trust you. So money is a tangible token of how well we have done things for other people. Money is just a tangible token of how well we have done things for other people. Many times, people are hung up with the fact that that's what I like, that's what I enjoy. It's not about, you see, listen, if you are gonna be great, if you're gonna be wealthy, it's not about what you like, it's not about what you enjoy. I know a lot of motivational speaking as been saying it's about what you enjoy. It's not scripture. It's not about what you enjoy. It is not about what you enjoy. <laughs> so, Pastor, what are you saying? Okay, let me break it down. Millions of men like sports. Millions of men enjoy sports. But just a fraction of men get paid and we get wealthy. Through sport. So if you say I enjoy sports, I love sports, and I'm gonna play soccer and you have a pot belly, nothing's gonna happen. Even if you have you are the fittest guy on earth, do you have the requisite skills? Can you survive 90 minutes of intense action? So there are a lot of factors. So you can like something, but what you like does not necessarily make you wealthy, except you do something with what you like that people like. So it's not about you. It's about people. So if you are a lawyer and you love football so much, you can go into the legal part aspect of, of soccer if you insist that that's your destiny. But we need to understand that It's not what makes you happy that determines your gold and silver. It's who you make happy. So, your connections determine your wealth. Your connections determine how you make money. And it is important that we understand that the concept it's the concept of making money. God has not told us to take money or to win money. So if you want to be wealthy the way God has designed you to be, it's not going to be by lottery. It's not going to be by lottery. It's not going to be by betting. It's not going to be by sports betting. It's not going to be by gambling. It's going to be by the covenant. And God has not told us to take money. So we are not supposed to take money. We are not supposed to rob people of their money. We are not supposed to swindle people of their money. If, If you are into fraud, internet fraud, whatever fraud, you need to stop it. God has not told you to take money. God has told you to make money. So how do you make money? You simply make money by interacting with God's other children and finding something that will benefit them and they will pay you for. That is how you make money. So the concept of giving back, I personally do not like it. The concept of giving back. So by that I mean, so companies are told, oh, you've made a lot of money in this community. It's time for you to to give back. So you have corporate organizations being under pressure to give back. It's called CSR, corporate social responsibility. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm all for giving. I'm all for charitable giving, as you're going to see. I'm all for giving as it is, but the, 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 the idea of giving back means you have taken something. No, 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 no. Those companies have not taken anything. Those companies actually created value. They created value. So, so, so when you are being bullied socially to give back. It means the world sees you as a thief that you've taken so much, you've made so much. Have you heard it before? You, this company made so much money from this community, it's time for them to give back. Excuse me. They made money by adding value, they don't owe the community. Should they give? Of course, if they are so inclined. Must they give? Of course not. Because they've already given, they've delivered value, they've employed, in many cases, hundreds of people to work with them, to work for their organization, they're paying their salaries, they've already given. Should they give more? If they choose to. So the concept of give back, trash it. God wants us to make money, not to take money. Another way to put it is this. Look at the concept of cupcakes. So is it going to be cupcakes or is it going to be candles? So if I enter a room, 10 people and there are 10 cupcakes and I have the tray and I'm serving the cupcakes to the people And I have taken one cupcake. But the cupcake is so delicious. It was made by you-know-who. And I feel like taking another cupcake. Now, if I take another cupcake, what happens to at least one person? One person wouldn't get. So I will be depriving someone of their cupcake. So that is how the world sees resources. That's how the world sees wealth. So the world say that 2% controls 90% of the wealth with the idea that 2% have deprived 98% of wealth of other people. And that is wrong. That is wrong. 2% 2% actually know what it is in most cases to create value and create wealth. So if the, the scarcity mentality is caused by the, 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 the fundamentals of economics, you know, if, if the fundamental of economic, economics is built on scarcity, it's built on scarcity, you cannot operate at the level of wealth that heaven wants you to operate By operating the principles of economics purely, you can't. You cannot have the mentality of scarcity. Resource is always scarce, so supply um, demand is always higher than supply. So um, the market forces, blah 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 blah. That's not how gold and silver works. Wealth works. The kingdom wealth. That's how it works. It doesn't work like limited cupcakes. So, Pastor, how does it work? It works. Like a candle. Everybody say candle. It works like a candle. So let's say that, boom, in the part of the world that we are, the past providing service is called, it used to be called there, (laughs) but it's called PHCN. Let's say PHCN does, I don't want to say the usual, but boom, power goes out. And I light a candle and there are 10 other people in the room. But with my candle, what happens to the room? The room is illuminated, is illuminated. But what happens if five other people come with their candle and light their candle from my candle? Does that take away from my candle? So their candle has been lit. No, we have six candles in the room. What happens to the room altogether? The room is brighter, and that is how kingdom wealth works. Don't think scarcity. Don't think cupcakes. Think candles. Think candles. You can actually create wealth. This generalization of survival paradigm is wrong. That one person's own has to spoil, for another person's own has to be Better, you know, take your budget, that's what, that's what they say. If one person's zone does not spoil, another person's zone does not become good. That is how the world thinks, that is not how Jehovah thinks. Stop thinking, candles. of course, you could say in some cases, that may appear to be the case in a sports situation, with one team has to score <laughs> and rejoice, and another team has to cry and go back home. But not with finances. God wants you to understand that the factors that affect your wealth is not dependent on somebody else crashing. The factors that affect your wealth is not dependent on somebody else, somebody else's destruction. The factor that affects your wealth depends on you becoming. Better, becoming stronger. And so shall it be. In the mighty name of Jesus. So we see that we are going to look at three other areas we need to nurture, or we need to be nurtured. It's, the first is nurture to work. The second is nurture to connect. The third, which we are going to um, start with, is we are nurtured to create. Nurtured to create. And this is big, it's huge. This, yeah, of course, our theme is create. It's create. And when it comes to being nurtured to create, the more the creativity, the more the income, the more your creativity, the more your income, the, the more, and I'm going to explain this, you know, and I pray that you understand it in the mighty name of Jesus. The more the creativity... Deep more your income. How? How? There are two sides to creativity as it affects income. The first is there is the spirit of creativity. There's the spirit, the spirit of creativity. Spirit of creativity. Exodus 31 from verse 1. It says, the Lord said to Moses, look, I have specifically chosen Bezalel, son of Uri, grandson of Or, of the tribe of Judah, and I have filled him with the Spirit of God, giving him great wisdom, ability, and expertise in all kinds of crafts and creativity." The more attuned you are to the spirit of creativity, the more successful you become. Job 32, verse 7, 7 and 8, Job 32, 7 and 8 says, I said, days should speak. This was a young man that, you know, was watching the friends of Job, and and, and he wasn't. He, he, He didn't want to comment. So, He was frustrated at the end because he said, I said, days should speak, and multitude of years should teach wisdom. He says, I allowed the elders to speak because I thought wisdom was with how old you are. He says, but I was disappointed. But there's a spirit in man. There's a spirit in man. And this inspiration of the Almighty giving them understanding. There's a spirit in man. So he discovered, and God is saying, "Age." The advancement of age does not always lead to wisdom. The spirit of God in you is the spirit of creativity. And that is huge. The more the spirit of creativity you, are at, uh, you have in the sense of being attuned to, the more powerful you become, the more you get out of trouble. In fact, a lot of business is solving problem. And in the sense that if you run business at all, or any enterprise, you will discover that you are always going from one crisis to another. And what keeps you ahead of the pack is you're being attuned to the spirit of creativity. You found yourself on the fix. Where do I go from here? What do I do in this place? How do I navigate? So that's the first part of being nurtured to be creative. The second part is, I mean, you, you won't be surprised about it. It's connected to, all oh, we've been saying connectivity. Connectivity for creativity. So that is how... You unleash creativity, connectivity for creativity. In Genesis 1, verse 28, God said, in Genesis 1, 28, and God blessed them. See them underlined. God blessed them, and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth, subdue it, and have dominion. The greatest act of creativity any human can engage in is in making another human being. That's the greatest act of creativity any human can engage in is in creating another human being. Now, guess what? God said, blessed them and said to them. God did not say to him. God did not bless him. Or bless her, or say to her, God bless them. You can't unleash creativity alone. You can't. You can't. You can't. The greatest you are going to experience of creativity is in partnership. Is in partnership. So, connectivity for creativity is huge. And when we talk about partnership, Sometimes, it's not enough to partner. You have to partner with the right person. It's not enough to connect. You have to connect with the right person. If you partner with the wrong person, you are going to be in trouble. Ask no one else but Abraham. Genesis 13, Abraham went with Lot and things just stalled in relationship with God and everything. He says, but after Lot had gone, the Lord said to Abraham, Abraham, look as far as you can see in every direction, not south, east, west. I am giving you this land as far as you can see to you and your descendants as a permanent possession as far as you can see. As soon as Lot left, I'm praying in the name of Jesus that The lots will live your life. And as soon as they leave, it's as if God was just waiting. As soon as he left, God says, oh yeah, look, everywhere you can see, I'm giving you the land. Why? Because no one can prosper with lots present. No one can prosper with lots present. So, connectivity for creativity is huge. In season one of um, silver and gold, gold and silver, we explained that if you check every great enterprise, there's some form of partnership. If you check the enterprise of our time, Microsoft, for every Bill Gates, there's a Paul Allen. If you check Apple, if you check Facebook, if you check Google, if they were started and maintained By partnerships. Why? Because no one can truly be creative all alone. It's not possible. No one can truly be creative all alone. No one can truly be creative all alone. In Exodus 31 that we read earlier on, when God had said to Moses, look, I have chosen um, uh, Bezalel, the son of Uri, the grandson of of, of, of awe of the tribe of Judah. It says, and I have filled him with the spirit of God. Now, I mean, he has the spirit of God. He has the spirit of creativity. What else does he need to be creative? It gives him great wisdom, ability, expertise. But even though he's a master of craftsman, expert in working of gold and silver and bowls, he's skilled at engraving. Verse 6 says, but he won't This is me paraphrasing. He would achieve the optimum of his creativity without Oholiab. I have personally appointed Oholiab, son of Aisamak, to be his assistant. So why? He had the spirit of creativity, but he needed the connectivity of creativity. And everyone... You have the spirit of creativity to be a child of God. if you are not a child of God, um, you need to become a child of God today. The spirit of creativity is the spirit of God. Now so God is saying that is not enough. You need to connect. You need the connectivity for creativity. You need the connectivity for creativity. Now, there's this research that was done by NASA. NASA is the um, space agency of, of the United States of America. And NASA had this test, this creativity test, that they give to anyone they want to employ. Now, the test, because it's purely a creativity test, was given to five-year-olds. Now, this will shock you. Five-year-olds to thousands of five-year-olds, by 100,000 of them, of five-year-olds. And the five-year-olds, 98% of the five-year-olds were excellent were, were creative, were highly creative, were marked as highly creative, 98% of five-year-olds. So they kept tab on these thousands of children to when they were 10-year-olds. When they were 10-year-olds, just five years after, They took the same test. Guess what? Only 30% of them were highly creative. 10 year olds. Now, they left them until they were young adults, and they took the same test. Only 2% of them were highly creative. Now, before you say that, oh, the older you get, you lose your creativity. They discovered that it wasn't age, actually. It wasn't age. The common factor that they discovered was that five-year-olds have constant connection with another human being at five years old when they were five. There is that daddy's with them, mommy is carrying them, and uncle is playing with them, they are playing with their siblings, they are out playing with their neighbors, they are, you know, they're in play group, they've not entered regular school. They are they are they always had human interaction constant. They discovered there are 10 they've started holding devices, so they are cutting off human interaction. And all they are now playing with the iPad, they are watching TV, they, don't, they are put in rows, um, cinema kind of setting for schools, they don't sit in circles on the floor like kindergarten anymore, you know, so the human interaction, they don't play as much with, with daddy and mommy, they are becoming big girls and big boys, the human interaction cuts down, creativity cuts down. By the time they became young adults, you know what has happened. Plummet, and the the creative factor was human interaction. So we need regular interaction with others to stimulate our creativity, and we need our creativity to create wealth. Huge. Huge. If you get this about human interaction, your life will change. You need to shift from cupcakes to candles. You need to shift your mind from limited resources to abundance. You need to change your thinking from taking money to making money. And how do you make money? By Constant interaction with other human beings and finding their problems and solving their problems. Praise the name of the Lord. So we see <laughs> that we need to be nurtured to work. Number two, we need to be nurtured for what? Connectivity, to connect. We need to be nurtured to create, if your financial fortune has to change, you need to be nurtured to work, nurtured to connect, nurtured to create. If your financial fortune has to change, you need to be nurtured to give. You need to be nurtured to give. A major way of making money, making money, creating money out of nothing, is, if you will, is Giving. It's huge. It's huge. A major way of creating money is giving. If you look at Luke 6, Luke 6, 38. Luke 6, 38 says, give and you will receive. It will come back to you. You, Your gift will return. So when you give, it's like you are sowing something that will come back to you. When you give, but it says it doesn't just come back to you. It will come back to you in full, one, press down. <laughs> in other words, if your, if your vessel is limited, they will shake it together. Three, to make room for more. Then it will still not be limited to your capacity. They will keep pouring until it pours on your lap. The amount you give will determine the amount you get back. God is saying you create money by giving money. You don't create money by fasting and prayer. You can fast all you want. You can pray all you want, and it's good to fast and pray. But you create money by giving by giving it says you give, bring up the scripture again, it comes da- back to you in full measure. It's pressed down, it's shaken together. In other words, the limitation of your capacity is helped, your capacity is even helped. Then, when you're out of capacity, everyone does not stop. They keep pouring until it runs over on your laps. And the amount you give will be given back to you. So, Pastor, what are you saying? What I'm saying is this. A creative way of making money is planting money. It's huge. It's spiritual because money is spiritual. I've explained how money is spiritual. It has wings. It can fly. Money can can relocate. (laughs) I pray that money will relocate to your account and to your domain in Jesus' name. Say amen. Many times, many times, God uses farming analogies to teach us how money and our life really works. In Ecclesiastes 11, Ecclesiastes 11, from verse 1, we read verse 1, we jump to 4, and we, we get to 6. Six. send your grain across the seas, and in time, Profit will flow back to you. Can you see that? Can you see that? You will, you will have made money. Sow your seed. You will have made money. Verse 4 says, Farmers who wait for perfect weather will never plant. If, you, if they watch every cloud, they never harvest. So God is saying, If you are waiting for a perfect condition to give, You'll be missing huge opportunities of creating wealth. It says verse 6: Plant your seed in the morning. Keep planting in the afternoon. For you do not know if profit will come from one activity or the other, or maybe both. I pray that profit will come from every of your planting activities in the mighty name of Jesus. It's huge. Because when you sow, when you give money, you have not lost money. I pray that God will explain to you better. In the name of Jesus. When you give, you have triggered. What you've done is that you have triggered the creative process of heaven, of, of the spiritual, to make money. That is what giving does. You just saw it in the Bible. That is what giving does. Because your seed is your financial future. The money you have today determines your financial future tomorrow. That's what God is saying. That's what God is saying. Don't eat your seed. Don't eat your seed. Some people have, have used their seed to buy clothes, bags. Meanwhile, you've used your seed to buy bags, and the bags are they're all on your bed. Gathering dust, Be moldy. You you use your seat to buy shoes, you are wearing the shoe of 200,000 naira. You wear it once or twice, you put it under your bed, it's getting moldy. The next time you look at it, rat has it in it. Rat rat on chopper. Then what what you? Be, you're eating your seed. You say, Pastor, how have I eaten my seed? <laughs> there are many, many ways. The truth is this. From my life, I can tell you stories upon stories upon stories of how by God's grace we have literally created wealth by giving. Now, the world has tried to very hard to shame the church concerning giving. Oh, there have been a lot of propaganda on shaming Christians about sowing, about giving. Yes, there have been excesses, and I know that. There have been a lot of abuse, and I know that. But you see, <laughs> the fact that they are fake dollar notes does that make you say you will never spend dollars again, or they are fake narrow notes, I will never touch money again, or 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 there's fake um, milk. You know all sorts of videos. I'll are, are uh, you open a milk carton of milk and you see all sorts of see a frog inside. Say, oh, I will not drink milk again ever. Is that what you say? Or you you take a bottle of water or the, the bottled water. You cut it open or you you see that there's there's um, um, two toads inside. You say, I will never drink water again. That's not what you say. What you actually say is, I will. I need to be careful. Exactly. That's what you say. That's what you say. The fact that something has been abused just means you have to be careful about it. But it doesn't change the principle. You have to drink water. So, pastor, how do you feel when people give? How do I feel? I feel excited when people give. Why? Because it is changing their character and it is molding their future. I feel excited when people give because it's changing their character. They're becoming more like God. When you give, you actually become more like God. God wanted to save the world. What did he do? He wanted sons and daughters all over the world. What did he do? He gave his own son. That's what he did. When you give, you become more like God. When you give, you're securing your financial future. So how do I feel? I'm excited when people give. Praise God. So, for you to fulfill your financial future and secure the silver and gold that God has for you, you have to be nurtured to work, nurtured to connect, nurtured to create, nurtured to give, and you have to be nurtured to be courageous. You have to be nurtured to be courageous. The seed is in you. Your future is bright. But you have to get up and take the mountain. Oh, yes, you have to get up and take the mountain. What has kept a lot of people back is not potential. It's it's just fear. What has kept people back from fulfilling their God-given destiny is, is just fear. But God wants you to be courageous. You have to nurture your courage. Talking about nurturing of courage... David, classic example of a courageous warrior. But David didn't start by taking nations. He started, I think, you know, even though it's not in the scriptures, but I think David started by killing lizards, by firing his sling and targeting lizards. Then he moved to rats. Then he moved to hyenas, maybe, then the one that was recorded it moved to the bear. the bear came, I killed it. it progressed to the lion. the lion came, I killed it. so you have to show courage in little things and God will promote you you show courage, you show courage, you show courage. then the lion came the Goliath came he took out Goliath and when he was about to take out Goliath, he said, I've been building my courage. I've been building my courage. The bear came. I took it out. The lion came. I took it out. This uncircumcised Philistine is going to fall. Praise the name of the Lord. You can't stay back out of fear. If you do, you're going to be cheating yourself. You need to do what God wants you to do. Because the person that refuses to move until fear is gone (laughs) will never become wealthy. Will never... Yeah, I can I mean, there are a couple of investments that you make... Being afraid, if you will. <laughs> you know, the fear is staring in the face. But if you refuse to move, you want all the fear factors to go, then nothing will happen. God hasn't given us 2 Timothy 1:7. God has not given us the spirit of fear and timidity, but of love, of power and of a sound mind, self-discipline, you know. Someone rightly said, and it's so true, that if the pathway to wealth were lit, it would be crowded, it would be crowded, it would be crowded. The the, the wealth is in the mouth of the lion, they say. Wealth is in the mouth of the lion. (laughs) You have to go in and tear it open. Praise the name of the Lord. So as we bring this series to a close, the key factor, the key determinant of your wealth is primarily your nature. You are designed to prosper. The covenant God has For you, which is deduced from the covenant of Abraham, is a covenant to prosper. It's a covenant to prosper. Then you have to nurture that nature. You have to nurture that seed. You have to water that seed. You have to nurture that seed. You have to nurture it with work. One, secondly, you have to nurture it with Connectivity, connection. You have to nurture it with creativity. You have to create. You have to nurture it by giving. You have to nurture it by being courageous. So making money is creating money, not taking money. It's not winning money. Because money is spiritual. Money can be created. Money is spiritual and can be created. You know, I want us to close with a story that kind of ties this whole thing together. And um, the story of a man that has a family to feed and heard the message like this and said to himself, I need to work. I need to connect. I need to create. I need to give. I need to be courageous. I need to create money out of nothing. So he got up. He had a, a cat that he pushes. That I'm going to work today. And because of his connections, because of the, the people he met in church, because of the people he met at the estate meeting, because of the people he's helped on the road, he's built connections. Someone said to him that, oh, there's a lady down there, down the road, that has this really nice table, but she wants to throw it away. And she's waiting for, because it's a really it's a nice table big and she's waiting for the refuse collectors to come and carry the table. So he pushed his cart to the lady's house and said to the lady how much will you pay the refuse company for picking up this table, for carrying the table? She says, "Mm, I'll pay them 5K for getting rid of this table for me. So the man said, You pay them 5K for helping you throw away the table. She said, Yes. So the man said, What if I give you 5K? for you to give me this table. And the lady says, okay, take it, give me 5K, take the table. Now, the man took 5K, gave the lady, carried the table, put it on his cart, pushed it to his workshop, his house. The only thing wrong with the table was the legs. He went Bought some nails, came, fixed the legs. He had a table that was working well. In his network, he found out that somebody needed a table. And he went to meet the person. I have this table, it's refurbished, it's not brand new. I heard you are trying to buy. A table this size. She said, "Perfect. That is the kind of table I want." How much are you willing to pay for such a table? And the, the person says, "Oh, such a table. I should. I'm willing to pay 40k for such a table. You are willing to pay 40k for such a table, brand new." He says, "Yes. He says okay. What if I give it to you at 20k?" The says, "20k. You give it to me at 20k. Fantastic." She takes it the man takes his 20k the person takes the table 20k so how much was created out of nothing how much was created out of nothing the the lady that had the um the table was willing to pay 5k for it she got 5k for the table so she was 10k richer 10k in a bottom line, was impacted 10K. The person that bought the table could have paid 40K for the table, but the person paid 20K. So the person was 20K richer. So the community has benefited 30K, right? The guy that eventually sold the table for, for how much? For 20K. So in total, that is 50K. Now, when you remove the 5k, he gave, because he didn't have to give that woman. He gave the woman. And maybe 1K he used to buy the nails. The community, the guy has created forty four K out of nothing. Out of nothing. Out of nothing. Just buy. Work, connection, creativity, giving, and courage to step out. You are designed to prosper. And you will prosper in the mighty name of Jesus. Let's bow our hearts as we bow our heads and let's think about what we've heard and talk to God about it.